welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Emily Morrow Home is a luxury hardware flooring brand whose timeless designs and performance qualities align with the needs of today's discerning designers and clients. Constructed of premium North American hardwoods and featuring thicker, longer, wider planks and beautiful finishes and styles, the floors also have a surface barrier to make them splash, spill, and scuff-proof. Crafted in Tennessee by hand, inside of a medium-security prison, Emily Morrow Home is a story of second chances and taking pride in what one does. Go to emilymorrowhome.com for more information and tell them Donatella sent you. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, my guest is Emily Morrow Finkel, the visionary behind Emily Morrow Home, a curation of home furnishings best known for its offering of life-friendly premium hardwood floors made in the U.S. Emily grew up in Dalton, Georgia, recognized as a hub for the flooring industry, in a family of contractors who would often get Emily involved in picking out colors. She studied interior design and upon graduating, worked in fashion and furniture sales before opening her own design firm. Just as her practice was launching, Emily had her first child and discovered how truly challenging running one's own business could be. Fast forward about 23 years to the launch of her eponymous flooring collection, which is structured to make specifying flooring easy and profitable for interior designers. One thing Emily and I did not discuss in the podcast that I wanted to make sure that you knew is that Emily Morrow believes in paying it forward and giving back, and proceeds from sales of certain collections go to support people who are battling cancer, both here in the U.S. as well as in South Africa. I so enjoy knowing Emily. She is resilient and passionate and forever kind. She survived some rough patches and then happened to fall in love with a business associate, and soon after she was married, she launched her flooring business. Enjoy listening. Our conversation covers a lot of ground, wood-planked ground, of course. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Emily. Hello, Jane Dagme. Hello, Emily Morrow-Finkel. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to be able to have a conversation with you. And before I start, I just want to thank you for sponsoring our podcast. Pleasure. My pleasure. I'm excited too. So thank you for allowing me. Oh yeah. Well, we've we've <laughs> known each other and we've we've worked together in different capacities. So this is something new and fresh and um and I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Likewise. So, glad to be here with you. Good. All right. So we have a lot of of um uh, ground to cover, so to speak. Ha ha. Yes. Um I'm gonna <laughs> you'll hear a few puns throughout the podcast, but before we get on to your business and the business of hardwood flooring and trends and all that good stuff, I want to let our listeners get to know you a little bit because from from me knowing you now for about let's see, uh, 16, four years, sometimes I look at you, Emily, and I think, and it, I think, is she for real? Because, and the reason why I say that is you are one of the kindest and most generous people that I've met. Oh, thank you from, from someone I think of in that context, but thank you. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I admire you, your work, and I'm not saying that because, um, just because we're on the phone, I say that behind your back. I say, Jane Dagme is like the coolest woman whom I admire. And so I think that's why I really wanted to, um, you know, align myself. I love designers today. I love your 
your all your different forays into the design community because I the values and reflect my own and I just I just am happy to know you and any chance to get to work with you. I'm like, if Jade's involved, it's it's oh. got to be good. Well, we are we are definitely <laughs> members of the Mutual Admiration Society. Um, and I know that that's a big society here in the interior design world for sure. But Aww. I just, um, so, you know, you, you're in the flooring business, but first and foremost, you are an interior designer and that's where yeah. you started. And so I wanted to find out a little bit about when you got that, desire to become an interior designer? How did that come about? <laughs> well, it's it's a funny story because I grew up in Dalton, Georgia. And so everyone in Dalton, Georgia, you would assume is in the uh, carpet or floor covering business. And that's not necessarily the case. My family are uh, made up of general contractors, commercial and industrial. However, growing up in the family business, we always had to get like, we had to do have jobs and so sometimes my job would be, they'll say, oh, Emily, you're good with color. And I might be in like middle school or high school. And they would hand me a fan deck of, of paint colors. And uh, it could be for, you know, any kind of commercial uh, interior. And I would put together colors for the projects. And of course, I, I just always enjoyed it. I always had like a really much snazzier dollhouse. Uh, and always left my Barbie dream house. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's like always one of those things that I just always enjoyed. Um, but when I when I went to school, I transitioned from an art history major to really one that was more um, in more in tune with my gifts that I just was passionate about, or my passions that I kind of I guess honed to become better. But that was interior design. Um, and I finished school in December of 89 and jumped right into the job market looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. It was not the best job market for college graduates. And, you know, the world today for women professionals is much better than it was in 1989, 1990. It was just um, so I, I worked in fashion for a year mm-hmm. in a small town of, uh, west of Atlanta which is actually a little known secret. but um, And so after the fashion took the interior design skills and, 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 and degree into uh, working in the design business for a furniture store, and then eventually launched my interior design business in 1993 when my son was born. So that was kind of the first uh thought of like, I really just should have my own business. And I discovered how difficult it was for interior designers if you're not a major firm or not a major large, you know, recognized name in the industry. And so, you know, people don't necessarily want to call on you if you are just little Emily Morrow or... So who uh, did call on you? I I would uh, come to Dalton, Georgia for for (laughs) flooring because, you know, I would say this is Emily Kiker tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, and that was always, you know, fortunate, I guess. I just knew the inside track for flooring, uh, for flooring. Um, and, and it took me years to appreciate those relationships. Um, so when that interior design experience transitioned to working in the floor covering industry in product development and color style and design development, um, that's when I really brought it, it's like all those layers kind of begin to weave into like a little bit more of an, of, you can see in hindsight your pathway and how each step is so important to build upon for the next one. So that interior design perspective really helped with product development. Right. Um, and so traveled all over the world, going to different markets and shows to understand trends and how trends happen and the time frame. So I got with opportunity came great, again, relationships, but experiences that kind of let me learn a lot. So, and question. Go ahead. So, yeah. did you work exclusively um, in that time in product development at Shaw? I did. And they just became my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was just a, it was a time in my life that I needed to be in a very reliable, structured environment because I was a single mother. Um, but, I go ahead. I'm, well, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm so curious, you know, you say things mm-hmm. and I don't want to forget things, but, and oh, I, yeah. so what did you work on there in the, is this, are we in the, um, like mid to later nineties? What were you working on? What kind of products? It, well, it, it started out, I, 
you know, I, I came in as the little, the tiniest little um, entry level position that I just loved as an associate colorist, but it grew into director of color style and design. So what we would work on would be the color lines, uh, color names, the color stories, the color, you know, how color trends. Uh, so I would have to, um, I, I, I had a wonderful team of co colorists, stylists, and designers, pattern designers. And um, so we did everything really, um, if you, depending on what division where I, I ended up on the residential side. So we might've been working on color lines for an entire color wall. Uh, that might have had four different weights of uh, carpet, but it might have also coordinated with hardwood and tile or uh, all the different surfaces. I, that was one of those things that I said, if I have a legacy, that might be my legacy, that we brought it all together under one roof. And even today, when I look back and I see different brands under that umbrella where they're coordinating their hard surface and carpet, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I feel good about that. I look back and I'm like, it, that, that no one knows <laughs> where that came from. And I'm like, I remember when that was like radical. <laughs> right. Well, that came from somebody who was trained in interior design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it did help make the product development process much smarter in the end, too, I think. So your trends were in step with one another from, from category to category. Mm -hmm. And how long did you work at Shaw? 13 years that were um, really uh, rich with experiences. So whether it was traveling from coast to coast with our sales force, talking to customers, or as I mentioned, you know, going to different markets and shows or even going to uh, Dubai or uh, China several, several times to give design trends, but also to go to different markets and shows to see what was trending uh, whether it was Maison AMJ or the IMM show or coming back to High Point and just kind of watching over a course of 13 years, how, how long does it take for those European trends to make it to the States? Mm -hmm. um, and and working with people like, you know, I think just recently you were uh, working with a group of designers, including Nancy Fire. Um, and our, I love how paths crossed in our industry. So, one of the uh, brands that we collaborated with was HGTV. Mm -hmm. And of course, Nancy was the HGTV curator. And so we collaborated on multiple projects there. So again, I think everything comes back to relationships and experiences. And I love how people crisscross. Me too. <laughs> Me too. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. It's like a choreography, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Of the industry and of life. So, mm -hmm. um, I know that in your career, you've had to deal with cancer um, oh. and a lot of um, men and women have had to do that. And you were diagnosed at 35. Yes. Is Can that you, not it? That's so young. But It um, is so yeah. young. Can you just talk a little bit about what that was like, where you were in your career, in your motherhood and how you how you got through it? OK, I have to say this with the with the caveat the, the i have to say this is meant to be a happy story it so is, when i say it i never want people to be sad by this story well emily I, that i'm talking to you right now like <laughs> and you sound you know amazing this is happy this 35 yeah. and you know i don't know how long ago that was and we don't have to have a math session here but <laughs> but but go it's ahead yes happy story good ending yeah well i was at, you know as you said age 35 i was a baby really. And I had a nine-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. They were tiny. And we had really gone through a very personal uh, life change. I had become single mother, head of household, and uh, had just gone to work for Shaw only six months. And the, the big exclamation point to this story is check yourself no matter how old you are. Just be familiar with your body. And, and I found a lump in my breast and got it checked. And from having it checked to all of a sudden I'm going into surgery and, you know, I'm thinking of my small children. I have this malignancy that they're removing and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, my life is about to change. Um, but one of the one of the most important things that um, I had that was the same every day was my family and my circle of friends that were always loving and and there for me. So, um, 
you know, I did get through it and it was such a, actually a very happy thing to, as I was going through my treatments to be able to go to work every day. Um, so work, work was a positive. I would, my kids, it was a positive thing for them to see their mother put on her wig in the morning Mm -hmm. and go to work and, you know, had a purpose every day. And, uh, and at the end of that, treatment after all the surgeries and all the treatment, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, my kids saw that, you know, you rally around those that you love and people show up and are there for you and, and you take care of your health and you take care of the hard stuff and you have to keep your chin up and keep going. And, um, there was, there were some tough moments and, um, uh, I look back and in hindsight, I'm like really grateful for those. Not, not that I would, ever choose to go through it again but it does make it gives you different eyes to see for when other people go through it Mm. and so you know now I look back and I'm like if not for certain people including my family um, it would have been a different experience and so because of that um, I talk about those different eyes yeah Uh, I, I have to pay it forward to people that come after me that go through similar experiences so that they they can see up you're alive and you're fine and everything is going to turn out okay might not be great but it will be okay Mm. yeah well that was thanks for sharing that of course it's that's the responsibility i think more than anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) so then um how did you meet your your husband um and um i have to just do a pun right here i'm sure you've heard it many times before but who floored who (laughs) (laughs) well uh you know this was the best part about working at shaw i got to work with some amazing wonderful kind smart talented people and um and i i knew my husband professionally but i didn't ever dream he would become like a an important person in my life personally um so i was just impressed with him as a as a person um, because he w- had been an architect, he had um, this manufacturing capability that was, you know, suddenly important in the industry because they, you know, he was making product that were just um, known as the leaders uh, at the time in, in hard surface hardwood design. The company and it is was it was it was yeah Anderson Hardwood Floors, which Shaw. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway acquired, I think, 2006 or seven, and I just was uh, appointed. Uh, you be the design liaison to Anderson and understand, you know, their design process, which was, you know, it was a wonderful thing to see because it was it was different than how it was at Shaw for hardwood because we were just, you know, needing to really improve our game, and that was a game changer. Uh, and Anderson was really big at that time frame in hardwood and Shaw was pretty small in hardwood, but huge in the soft surface. So I, it really helped Shaw's um, hardwood capabilities. But as I met him and understood their design process, he's really uh, unique, uh, really unique. And, and I can appreciate now his abilities because he does have that architectural background and then he's got a little bit of an artist in him. So that's why I'm proud now that he's not only my my one true love, but he's my man, you factorer. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, everything kind of, uh, it, it didn't happen all at once. It was just a nice evolution of getting to know someone and, and respect them. So I think, um, truthfully, he, he floored me with his products and eventually, personally. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, um, well, I met my partner through work. And I think when you're working and doing something that you love and you're sort of in your best uh, form or in your best light, then it's, it's a beautiful way to see somebody, you know? Yeah. I love how you put that. Yes, yes, yes. So true. Well, and you're not, you're not in dating mode, obviously at work. And and I certainly wasn't, but you can, you can appreciate somebody as a person and, um, get to know them in a way that your, your, your personal dating defenses aren't up. How long have you been married? We're about to have our fifth anniversary, uh, July 18th. And we, you know, my kids who, who are adults and my son just got engaged. We like to make them gag. <laughs> 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 we hold hands and, you know, we, we're 
in love. We enjoy, we enjoy love. Yeah, it's a gift. And of course, now as I, I'm about to celebrate my 17 years of breast cancer, um, I'm like, you know, it's a gift, number one, to wake up, but it's a really special gift to, to love and be loved. And I'm, I know we're, we're so lucky that mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. So um, sappy. <laughs> so 17 years um, celebrating. And I know on your 15th, I believe you took a great safari. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. travel's always been something that inspired you in design and opens your mind. Can you talk a little bit about your passion for travel and how that safari, I think it's a good way to kind of segue into your business, you know? It, yeah. It, I think a lot of designers have that yearning for beautiful places. Um, but when I was diagnosed, I had that, I had my little tiny pity party for about five minutes and I thought, oh, there's so many beautiful places on earth. I haven't gotten to go. I really want to go. So that's kind of where it started. But then of course, when I met Don and he has this wanderlust and, uh, he wanted to help me, you know, celebrate one of my wellness anniversaries, my breast cancer anniversaries and not his, but my first trip was in to Tanzania and, you know, then a following trip where we took a, a larger group of our family with us, it was uh, during the great migration of the wildebeests. And to see it on the, you know, I think the first trip was important because it laid a foundation of my expectations. Um, so the second trip, which was 2018 or 2019, um, it just blew me away because I could sit back and just experience it. Oh. And it was it was really a game changer uh, and from the design side of my brain it I couldn't just switch it off which is you know I don't I wouldn't if I could uh, but we're watching these animals just mill around and we're waiting all day for them to move uh, so we could say we've seen the wildebeest migrate what time <laughs> of year do they migrate I this was August and we were uh, I think we were right there on the cusp of the Great Migration, but we were out there exactly the same time as the Today Show is their entire team was out there on the Masai Mara or the plane. So um, uh, I, I'm thinking August. Mm-hmm. And and so we were lucky. We, we got to see the, we went through our whole wish list of all the big animals that we wanted to see and experience and uh, some of them were so up close, it just gives you chills, like the lionesses that were out hunting. Um, they walked right by us, and we stayed in our Jeeps, and we're just like frozen. <laughs> You're just like frozen mm-hmm. when you see them walk by you. But what I realized was these colors are just the most beautiful colors and the most beautiful color palette on Earth. And I thought, you know, you don't have to build some kind of new fangled color palette. We've got the most beautiful and the most timeless color palette right here before our very eyes. Mm-hmm. So how did that translate into flooring? But you know what? I'm realizing here, I know you. I just want to give a little bit more formal introduction to your business. Um, oh, oh so, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> well, so, okay. So you, you marry and fall in love with Don, and he <laughs> is a manufacturer of hardwood flooring. And so entry into that business must have been i mean you know fairly you you know you knew somebody to get into it, but I, what made you say hey i want to i want to do this i want my own line well a lot of people have asked me did i leave shaw with the plan of starting my own business and i said no i i didn't i left shaw to to be able to share my life with my new husband rather than traveling all the time he had started a new business that manufactures hardwood flooring uh, under the name of uh, it's American OEM. So there are no brands. OEM stands for Original Equipment Manufacturer, and it's American made. And it's you know he's he's got existing customers, but I'm realizing in our first second month of marriage that I am dying to not have a purpose every day other than to pet my dog Donatella. Or to you know enjoy my cup of coffee with Don, and um, it took about two to three months of seriously um, not just soul searching, but I called, I I talked to people that I trusted, and and then I eventually called my attorney, which most people they get this like ashen look on their face, and I'm like no 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 it it was a 
uh, I, I formed an, a corporation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, <laughs> and and it kind of evolved into um, Emily Morrow Home, which uh, was it is uh, a curation of different products, but the center of those products, uh, the foundation of those products are the hardwood floors. And they're designed for people like my former life as an interior designer, for designers to be able to find a quality product they can stand behind and that will set their designs apart, that when they work their tail feathers off as a designer, uh, putting together a project that Someone won't walk through Home Depot and go, ah, that's the same thing. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, these are unique products. But um, uh, the fact that I am his customer and there's, you know, he is the best manufacturing person I know. Um, I am biased, but others say that, that don't love him as I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a good feeling to offer a quality product. and. And they're made to order. So, you know, it kind of suits a designer's needs, uh, time frame and price point. It's, you know, it's just kind of like the planets aligned with our relationship. So um, and I've enjoyed that. The facility is in Tennessee and it is inside of a medium security prison. And I know that you've taken okay. designers on a tour of the factory. Can you describe um, the factory a little bit for those of us who haven't been? Yes, it is. Uh, it's it's a it re, it does require a little explanation because a lot of people would just love to dismiss it as taking advantage of uh, people's time and talents inside this medium security prison, and it's nothing like that. Um, it's west of Nashville, so we've had some design events and hosted them in Nashville, and I'm happy to do that for anyone that wants to do it. Just let me know. Um, but these prisoners are, they're all voluntary. They are fully compensated for their time and talents. And um, it allows us to make gorgeous products um, and have uh, something at the end of the day that you feel really good about. These these offenders, if they don't deserve a second chance, I'm not sure who does. They Some have been Perhaps I can't fix the justice system, but some have perhaps, you know, not really been given a fair shake mm-hmm. uh, and have landed in prison for no fault of their own. But some some are um, uh, will will tell you I, I made a really stupid mistake, but they're trying to make amends and, you know, do something positive with their lives. And so while they're there then and making beautiful product, they're also getting um education. They're also getting job skills and resume. And um, in in the meantime, I'm getting some absolutely stunning visuals. So when you look at our product, I'll I'll just name a surf shack is one perfect example. Um, It does require some hand touches um, where you see uh, the paint goes on, the paint's rubbed off. You see some, some, um, you see the wood, you see it's uh, it's just not one touch, but multiple, multiple touches by artisans uh, that just can't be mimicked by a machine and can't be mimicked easily. And they take such pride in these products. And so when I go in, and we do go in frequently, and as you said, we take in guests, and um, uh, there is security for when we take guests through, but these 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 people that are so skilled um, they have to wait sometimes over a year to have these opportunities open up and they have to interview. And we've had some at the end of their, sometimes they get out early because they've been able to prove that they are um, worthy of release, uh, early release or whatever. And we have one that's a plant manager at a different facility. So mm-hmm. uh, they have jobs, opportunities, and um even we've even received letters afterwards that said, I'm sitting in the home that I paid for uh, while I served my sentence with my family. And we just want to thank you. My children were able to attend college. And it's just stories that, you know, um, it, it's, it's a life changing and wonderful, not just for one generation, you know, multiple generations that will be better because of it. So it, 
some people would like to shoot it down and poke holes in this program, but it's voluntary and it's so positive. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. I think so, too. Flooring is in interior designer Emily Morrow's DNA. Born and bred in Dalton, Georgia, Emily enjoyed an exciting career in the flooring industry before bringing her knowledge, design experience, and passion for travel to her eponymous hardwood flooring collection. Impressions from a recent safari inspired new finishes such as Tusker, a clean white oak herringbone, and coordinating nine-inch wide plank whose muted striations recall parched earth and elephant tusks. Great Migration, in harmonious brown-gray tones, immortalizes the yearly trek of wildebeest. Whether the subtle canvas for your next project or the wow factor that drives the design, Emily Morrow Home Hardwood Floors provide a beautiful foundation for life to happen. So for designers who want to learn a little bit more about wood flooring. And of course, you've treated our at our Atlanta designer experience. You talked about flooring a bit to our group. But in terms of your hardwood flooring, what distinguishes it? What should people look for? I mean, obviously, aesthetic and color and all the things that first look amazing to the eye are going to get somebody. But what else beyond the surface? Yeah, it's... Know? it's- it's difficult to see that to like people that are not, not in the industry. You can even be in the, the industry that sometimes there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the in the marketplace. So ours are obviously all hardwood. That's, I think I shouldn't even say obviously because it's maybe not obvious to everyone, but hardwood um, is exactly what it sounds like. It is hardwood. Uh, while there might be uh, other products out there that look the same, but there might be softwood as in like a pine or balsa or something in the core. So ours are hardwood from front to back, and there's a lot of technology built in. Floors, it's like not your, not your uh, ordinary hardwood floors. So there's nanotechnology so that they're not just scratch resistant. Um, but ours, Emily Morrow Homes are in this is my fun name for it, but it's actually a, a treat, uh, you know, a treatment to the product itself called OMG proof. So we have protection built in and it's not topical protection. It's actually built into the product. So the front, the sides, the ends and the backs are water resistant. And that is OMG proof because, as I mentioned earlier, my little dog, Donatella, um, she likes to sometimes, you know, rebel and maybe goes <laughs> behind a chair and leaves leaves like a little surprise. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't find it right away. And when I do, I'm like, OMG. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of where it came from is OMG. So, or it could be our spilled coffee or wine, which can happen any given day at our house. So the OMG proof protection really does give you a little added time and protection from those moments that we all live with in everyday living. And so beyond that, what sets it apart? Um, the timelessness of the visuals, you know, mm-hmm. you can you can walk into any home uh, in our neighborhood and kind of, I can probably tell you what year uh, the flooring <laughs> was made and, you know, we've got these colors that might be those orangey reds and they might have like an orange peel texture to that. And I can I can just tell you what year that was mm. probably made. Um, so we hopefully don't have like a date stamp on our colors or finishes. We have colors that fit into maybe design aesthetics or mm-hmm. perhaps if, if you're uh, into heritage colors or safari colors that we keep talking about our safari colors uh, that are natural and light and beautiful and fit into, uh, a t- you know, our walking through markets at High Point, for example. You'll see those similar similarities in the trends, like our gesso is the color of the year, which is kind of a light matte plaster mm-hmm. uh, that you might see at Curry and Company and some of their beautiful light fixtures. Uh, and so when you translate those light fixtures and maybe some settees or some of the other chairs and accessories that they have. And and then you look at our Santa Rosa, uh, which has a little bit of a gesso effect to it. Then you'll go, aha, <laughs> it goes together beautifully. Right. Uh, 
Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've, I've handled some of your wood samples before, so I feel like when I run my hand over them and I think surf shack, what you mentioned before might be an example. There's a nice texture to them. <laughs> well, I send out free samples. So I think holding the product, holding a sample of it is really when you fully appreciate the, the quality that is built into these products because they're substantial. Um, I think we might have talked about that either you or, I, you or I did, but when we had the, we put samples in the swag bags mm-hmm. in the um, design lounge, the designer lounge, still yard, still yard yep. access. Yes, it was the designer lounge at High Point at Universal Furniture. And when uh, some of the designers messaged me later, they're like, I just wanted to tell you, I didn't expect my piece of hardwood in this uh, sample of the swag bags. I didn't expect it to feel so substan- substantial. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's the weight of it. You know, it's not plastic. It's not flimsy. And as you said, when you rub your hand across the surface, it is abundantly clear that it is wood. And we've got this world of wood lookalikes out there. And, um, you know, after this whole past year of we're in holistic living, I think mindset of trying to live, live cleaner, eat cleaner. Um, and there's just something psychologically reassuring about something that you know is authentic and natural and real. So I think that's where people fully appreciate our products. Definitely. And I mean, this is a luxury product. Um, this is, it is. You know, yep. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, I guess I put it in the attainable luxury category, mm. but it is a luxury product. Yeah. And, and I know that um, I'm not a designer, as everybody, most people know. But um, you and I had a conversation about the financials of flooring, and mm-hmm. I'd love you to speak because this is out of my domain mm-hmm. about um, why d- it's important and designers should think seriously about getting more intimate with with wood flooring um, because it is good for business, uh, good for the bottom it line. It is. It is. So uh, this is one of my soapbox subjects. I I am so I was baffled by this when I started. I traveled and was showing different design firms my wood, and uh, I remember the first design firm. They said, "Oh, we we like wood, but we just really don't want to fool with it. So we just let our contractor handle that. We'll just point at it and say that this color." And then it happened again and again, and I thought, "Oh my." Uh, and I would talk with them about how many hours they're putting into projects and, you know, how you price out your projects. And they're just leaving this beautiful margin to someone else to um, it's just like a missed opportunity in such a big way. Um, it's so hard to, you know, to, um, you know, when you put a lot of work into a design project and to just leave a massive um, <laughs> opportunity on the table uh, for someone else to maybe not do as beautiful of a, of a selection or a specification. It's just a major opportunity missed. And uh, when I think about that, I'm like this, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible now for designers. If they, if they need a sample, I'll send them a sample. If they need a full carton, I will send them a full carton. If they need installation instructions or to find a, a skilled or, you know, installer, we, we, connect them with the NWFA or whatever, wherever they are, we try to connect them with a retailer and or installer to try to connect those dots. But um, they're, and as they trade up in flooring, their margins will improve because it is a quality and well-priced product. Whereas if they trade down in price point and quality, they're going into the commodity prices and they're, you know, they're cheapening their monetary um, opportunity there. So Mm -hmm. it's just ongoing how they really should be working with hardwood. And and then for some that maybe don't want to purchase it themselves, or maybe they do for their clients, we also have our designer program where we like to show them a little, I call it EMH design love. So they can text me and I'll send them samples if they register their purchase and project with with me, then at the end of it, when it, all the dust is settled with their project, I send them a nice little thank you check. And um, I just want to make it as easy as possible and profitable for them. Mm-hmm. I am on your website um, looking at the different finishes, the different looks. And 
of course, I am just a like sucker for herringbone. Like her- <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, me too. I feel like I've gone to Europe or something when I see herringbone. Um, but what are some of you know? I and I look at Total Eclipse, which is your closest to black finish, which I just think is so super sexy. What are some <laughs> of the most popular, or what are you seeing designers gravitating towards now? Uh, okay, so. This is uh, a, sh- a short answer, but I'm going to give you a little more of elaboration of the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, starting two and a half, maybe three years ago, um, everyone was talking about in the floor covering industry, they were going with uh, reactive finishes, which were like dark. Uh, they changed the visual of the wood. It didn't really exactly look like wood. And and I just had been talking with my other uh, friends in the design industry across the country, and they're like gravitating towards lighter, cleaner visuals. Um, and so I went ahead and introduced those lighter, cleaner visuals so that once they were launched, samples were out in the field, the names, the designs, everything was fully developed. Um, so lighter, cleaner wood visuals that are white oak uh, are selling much better than the darker ones, although there are those niche projects where you just totally need a little totally clips uh, like you said for that <laughs> for that dark sexy project but as a whole colors like serengeti spirit mm-hmm. uh, that was inspired by our trip to kenya or uh, tusker it's like a nine inch wide plank that has a herringbone coordinate um, that's really a light clean also white oak um, and i mentioned santa rosa because that's been one of our best sellers and it kind of has more of a plaster or a gesso effect. Yes. Um, but it does take time for trends to get into the marketplace. And that's why I referenced that, you know, about two and a half or three years ago when when I started working on the next thing. Um, it, does ha- it does help. And it is a game changer to have that background in interior design and that experience in watching how trends translate and how long they take to enter the marketplace by the time they are out there and designers are specifying it a lot of the bigger manufacturers are like wait what (laughs) so uh, it's nice to be small and agile that's i guess if that's one of the advantages of of my brand is um i'm i'm agile and uh, you know i can be easily adaptable for for designers that have that need for something special um and custom is one of those options too but yeah. Uh, if I were to say one other thing that's been um, a huge shift in and that it's been a trend is the shift towards uh, the premium cut in hardwood. So like when you see on our website where you see on the Lewis A. DeBerry by Emily Morrow Home, that is a um, collection that you'll find like Rift and Quarter Sawn hardwood. And Rift and Quarter Sawn is like when you talk about diamonds and how you cut for color and so forth the same is true with wood so if you cut for a if it's rift and quarter sawn it's a very thick durable thicker more durable uh, cut but it also reveals some really special things in the wood like medullary rays so if you look at my what is the medullary wait a second (laughs) what's a medullary ray oh my gosh Okay, so with with me, I would point to my thighs and say it looks like cellulite on me, which is such an unsexy term. <laughs> but in hardwood, is like totally desirable. And medullary rays are where you see those little wiggles uh, in the grain, and it just sometimes catches the light in such a way that it's like um, it's just a very so it gives beautiful a character, part of the wood. sort of um, a little more character or well, matter? so. Uh, it's a little bit, it's more of a pattern than character. So in the hardwood world, character means it's got stuff going on that's more than just smooth or clean. Um, but maybe in a little more of the, it's more pattern related in the wood grain. It's, it's, it's just a really neat little squiggle wiggle uh, in the wood grain that you, when you've, you've walked into homes that, that people will say, these floors were here from 1940 or sure. 1950. and um, their rift sawn or their quarter sawn, and you can see the little wiggles in the in the wood grain that are just clearly premium cut white oak. So people like me that are nerds, the minute I walk in and I look down at somebody's floor, that's usually what I'm looking for. Is like, huh, where'd that come from? 
Emily, I would love to know a little bit about women in the flooring business. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, I was thinking about it as you were speaking. Is Are you one of the few, um, are there women that own companies in flooring? What's it like for you, for a woman in flooring? Well, there are, there are more than you would think. So um, I, I think a lot of people assumed that my business was my husband's. And it's like, no, I didn't even tell him what I was doing for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you hired that lawyer and you didn't check it out. <laughs> I know. I know. But um, so there are some, there are definitely some amazing women pioneers in this, in this industry. But um, interesting in Dalton, you know, it's not a radical thing. You, I can look around me and point to people and say, you know, that was started by a woman um, or this was pioneered by a woman. And um, so it didn't seem like that big of a stretch to me at the time. And I look back in hindsight and I'm like, well, that, that, thankfully, I went ahead and did it and did second guess starting my business. And um, but here in Dalton, you know, the the whole bed, the tufted chenille bedspread industry started, mm. was all started by women. And, um, you know, so I, I just, that's where I, I'm really grateful to have those women leaders and women examples who modeled how, uh, you know, just be authentic and be who you are and do what you do and do what you do best. And, you know, I'm just um, following their example, hopefully. and. Um, I'm grateful for their leadership that women have gone before me. So uh, I've been out of the corporate world here for about almost five years. But, you know, you can walk around and with with fresh eyes. You know, I think women are certainly being given more opportunities and better opportunities uh, in our industry. And people of color are certainly be, being um better represented in the industry better but you know we're nothing is perfect yet nope. um, but I do think our industry has made a, a definite effort towards that and while I wasn't Shaw I was part of a diversity council mm -hmm. and also a women's uh, innovation network so it there you know there there is focus on that and mm -hmm. we all just have to continue to persevere and push uh, for more opportunities across the board. Yeah, well said. I am the most accessible person. Uh, they can text so me. Emily, they can text can Emily Morrow to 900-900. Um, or they can call me at 1-866-775-3877. Or they can message me <laughs> through our social media platforms. But I'm happy to send people samples. Uh, we have sam for free samples going out weekly, and sometimes people are so surprised, I'll drop a note in them, or I might stick a hat in them with the logo on them, or I might send them a t-shirt and a notebook and Ooh. a little thank you note. So I try to make it fun and personal, and I love to be able to call somebody and ask them about an order, and usually it's a very specific question. It's not just to like freak them out, but I'll call and I'll say, hey, this is Emily Morrow. I just wanted to call you and ask you about you know, this particular piece of trim, because we do custom matched trim, just like if you're going to put together a great wardrobe, you have to have all the accessories that pull it together. And the same with wood flooring and the and might be a stair nose trim uh, or T-molding or something. And they'll say, you're calling me? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, wow, thanks for calling me. And I'm like, well, thank you for giving my products a home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess never underestimate how excited I am. Um, and I do a little dance every time somebody orders something. I, I am very involved in every transaction. So I guess that's the main thing is let me help you. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> that is that is awesome. And I know that you mean what you say. I guess the main thing is um, to love what you do and do what you love. And I love when people love hardwood, um, but and also love all the people that we get to collaborate with just like you and um, all of the different designers that attend and participate with the designer experience. And we did send out our little EMH designer sample house of the winners that yes. won yes. the DX the experience. And um, 
I can't wait to hear back from them of any, you know, any questions they have about the wood too. But yes. we do well, have our little designer sample house. I was going to say um, for those for listeners. So at the designer experience, we had these giftaways, and Emily gave away five of her cleverly designed sample houses and they are houses i mean you know and you talked when we first started this conversation you mentioned a dollhouse so um Mm -hmm. and i know one of the designers was like oh my god my kids are going to want this you know Um, (laughs) but inside of a house you've got your samples and it's such a clever marketing tool really oh well it's it is um it's meant to be convenient too it's like a compact little box that's the size of a bin that would go right into a resource room but all of a sudden, you'll see it's got windows and a house with, with a little roof. And every detail about it is meant to tell the story of the product. So when you open it up, you take the roof off and you'll see all those colors that are tucked inside with our hardwood samples. And you might find um, uh, a catalog that shows the room scenes. And so if someone wants to put together a designer uh, you know, a storyboard, they can pull those samples out and put it on their storyboard. And when they're done, pop it right back in. Ta-da. Good. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. Exactly. Well, it has been a pleasure. It's always oh, a pleasure with you. So pleasure. thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the, the opportunity to talk about this and, and all the things that are going on in our world because it all eventually comes together. Yes. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks. And we will be in touch very soon. Okay. And uh, I look forward to our next time to talk. Yes. All right. Bye, <laughs> Thank Emily. You, Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Said. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.